Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. 1 Samuel chapter chapter 30. I'm just going to start somewhere and we'll, we'll get there uh, eventually. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 1. And again, we've been talking about the church, and I want to go through in this series uh, five different things that I believe the church should be according to Scripture. Uh, and, and we're going to hashtag all five of those things because all of you, I'm tagging your picture of your life that you are a part of it. Uh, uh, the church in the Bible is called the bride. Somebody say the bride. So you are a bride. You look beautiful. Uh, the, the church in the Bible is called the body. Somebody say the body. Touch your neighbor and say, you got a nice body. <laughs> uh, don't do it. No, that's awkward. Uh, <laughs> the church in the Bible is called the army. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, welcome to the army. The church in the Bible is called the family. Somebody touch your neighbor behind you that you've been, that you've been missing out on and say, welcome to the family. And the church in the Bible is called the hospital. Touch your neighbor and say, welcome to the hospital. It was Jesus who told the Pharisees, I did not come for the, the healthy, but I came for the sick. It was Jesus who told the world, broadcasting from Joel, what was already foreshadowed, that Jesus came to bind up our wounds, that he is a great physician. We know that Jesus is the healer of all healers. We know that he is the provider of all providers, and we know that the church is not... <laughs> It's not an environment for perfect people. It's an environment for sick people to become whole. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. Somebody say Ziklag. On the third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Somebody say burned with fire. Have you ever been burned by fire? Have you ever had your life burned up with fire? Have you ever had something here one day and gone the next? And it was lost forever? Their home was now burned with fire. And they had taken captive the women and those who were there with them from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went on their way. Verse 3, so David and his men came home to a city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David said, and the people who were with him lifted him up their voices and wept. I think it's powerful for leaders to be able to weep with those who weep, to be able to mourn with those who mourn, to be able to help put out the fire on the house that's on fire, not just when your house is on fire. And David weeped with them. But David was going through the same thing. And David and his two wives, and thank God that I just have one wife. Praise the Lord. I love my wife. Poor David. Uh, I don't know how he did it. I'm still trying to figure out my wife. She's a beautiful and amazing, but she is wonderfully complex. Uh, and David and his two wives, praise the Lord for him. Uh, I'm not looking up, amen. Uh, and Abigail, please don't show, throw any shoes at me. And Abigail, the widow of Naab and the Carmelite, and 
and had been taken captive. I know I didn't read that right. I'm sorry. Uh, in verse 6, now David was greatly distressed. Somebody say distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man and his sons and his daughters. But I love this part. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. I'll say that again. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Then David said to Ab Abrathar, the priest of the Amalekite son, please bring the ephod here to me. Then, then Mr. Award brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue. And, and, and I came here with this word as, as the priest today of this house. I came here as the priest came to David that day. As you are in your place of life, and the gates have been burned by fire. The things that you call dear have been stripped away from you. The enemy has stolen things from your life. I came here to the hospital, to the ER room today as the priest of the house. And you're asking God, shall I go after the things I've lost? Or shall I settle with this is how life is? And I came with a word from the Lord today. Not... A word from myself and he answered him pursue for you shall overtake them without fail without fail pursue for you shall overtake what has been taken from you without fail you shall recover all you shall recover all you shall recover all. You say, why do you keep saying that? Because you don't believe it yet. You shall recover all. Without fail, you shall recover all. And this is God's ER room for David. I love that he is the great physician, but I hate it when he's operating on me. You see, this is what I'm doing every week. Remember this game? Can we get the camera up here? You remember this game, right? And this game freaks you out. And this is, this is what we're doing here today at the hospital. <laughs> and I, I'm cautious because I, I'm careful to step on certain, certain parts uh, that might light up your nose. Uh, I'm careful because, because the word of God is sharp and it's, and it's dividing and it's cutting and, and, and really I'm trying to pull out the rubber bands that have been put there and, and we're, trying to, we're trying to piece by piece uh, transform and see God bring to pass what he's doing and this is what God is doing today. And many of us have a hard time with this because God touches places in our life that hurt. 
And he does it through the word. He does it through your pastor. He does it through leaders. And we come into this room and we say, man, I'm, I'm all good, man. I'm doing well. And things are going awesome. And all of a sudden, someone touches you in a place that makes you buzz off. And I want to tell you that I'm okay with that because the church is a hospital. But I want to prepare you for the hospital. Because in the hospital, you might have some people poking and prodding on you when you get in the doors. Uh, be careful when you come into the hospital broken because it's not that it's a bad thing to come in broken because that's what the hospital's for. But trust me, the doctor doesn't want to leave you broken. And if he did, he would not be a good doctor because the goal is not that you stay in the ER, it's that you become a part of the EMTs. You see, many people want to stay in the bed of the ER, but, but what you don't realize is the hospital is not a good home. The hospital was never designed to get you real comfortable because we don't want you to be so comfortable that you stay in the bed that you've made. You see, many people want to live in the bed that they're in. We call it the seat of the victim. We want to hang out in our pain because when you are in the pain, it's unique because people come from all walks of life, every place, and they say nice things about you. If you've ever been to the hospital, people that used to hate you all of a sudden show up with flowers, with kind words. You're like, you really believe that? Yes. And it feels nice for the first time to have love. It feels nice for the first time to realize something's wrong. So many of us finally get in the hospital when something's so wrong that we have to come to the ER. We never went to the doctor or we didn't take the pills that the doctor prescribed. We keep going back and going back and going back and going back to church and going back to church and keep getting medicine, keep walking away sick, keep coming back sick. And the doctor's like, hey, how'd you do with that last pill I, I gave you? I didn't take it. Can I get another one? And then eventually we're in emergency mode because, because we didn't listen to what was happening on a daily basis. We didn't realize that God is doing things in small days, not just big days. And we end up in the ER. But I want to tell you, if you're in the ER today, you've come to the right place because we, we're not shutting the doors. It's 24 hours here. It's always open to the sick and the hurting. In fact, this is what Jesus said. He said, it's not the healthy that needs a doctor. It's not the righteous that need the physician. It's the sick. So if you are sick, in this room in your heart you've come to the right place but you have to admit where you're at to be able to get healed from where you're at and many of us want to make a home of the hospital we want to make a home of of, of the nice bed and the, the flowers and the people encouraging us but God did not bring you in to leave you in he brought you in so you would become a part of the EMTs the emergency medical response team to go out into this city and bring more hurting people you see the greatest thing about Gabe is that bro I pray you're not in that hospital bed for the rest of your life I pray that God uses you in powerful ways and that we just don't want to have one stormtrooper here we have an army of stormtroopers. I pray Marilyn Monroe on Hollywood Boulevard gets saved by your life. But it's going to take you getting out of this bed to get into the van with the emergency lights on it to go out into the city. But to the greater you've been healed, the greater passion you'll have to go out. 
You see, folks, it's, when we're in the emergency room operating on people's life, we have to be careful because we cannot add to them what we haven't declared that is not of us. The doctors, before they get ready to operate or, or to do anything, they wash. And they wash feverishly over and over and over again. They, they put medical outfits on and scrubs and masks because they do not want anything in their life to invade the sickness of their life and add to it. You see, folks, if we're going to be a part of the EMT team, we got to say, God, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you to be, to be righteous. I'm telling you to stand in his righteousness. Look, the doctor doesn't have to become the soap. He has to put the soap on him. Today, we have to wash ourselves in the water of the word, and we have to declare fear cannot stand on these hands anymore. Anger cannot stand on these hands anymore. Why? Because my life is not my own. I was once lost, and now I'm found. And now here's what I'm going to do with being found. I'm coming into the ER. And, Pastor, it's not just your job to be the doctor on staff. We have nurses. We have other people that are going to greet you at the door. We have other doctors on staff. And together, we're going to help the sick get off of where they're at. But in order to lead, you have to be healed. And David was going through a process to become king. David was in the emergency room to cut out the Saul in him so he could become the David he was called to be. David was on the run. Earlier last week, I read you the scripture where David escaped from there. They talked about there. What was there? What was there that you escaped from to show up here? You didn't just show up yesterday. You weren't just born yesterday. You came from somewhere. What makes you you? What are all the things, all the good things, all the things they added to you, all the things you've picked? What baggage are you carrying right now onto this ship? Because many times we think people just showed up how they are. They were just born like that. No, I wasn't born like this. People added things that I didn't want added. People took away things I didn't want taken away. They rejected me when I wanted to be accepted. And I showed up here exactly how I am because of where I've been. David escaped from there. He escaped from the king of the land trying to kill him. And here he is. He finds himself in a cave. They called the cave the cave of Adullam, which meant the cave of retreat. Have you ever been so worried about there that you finally escaped and here you are? You're here in your cave of retreat. And really in this cave, it feels nice because not really many people know you in the cave yet. We're all kind of new here together. But many people, as soon as someone gets to know them, they leave the cave and go hide some other cave. But we welcome you into the cave because the Bible says as David escaped, other people begin to show up to his cave. The distressed, the in debt, and the discontent. They showed up. The Lord told me last week that's fearless, that the broken have showed up to your cave. But they weren't just broken regular people. They were broken warriors. Later, they would perform great exploits for the Lord. The Bible talks about them as David's mighty men. David lived a life with these men. I, I love that as David's in the cave, he meets this priest. He, his parents come with him to the cave, and, 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 and he feels like his parents are too old to be in the cave, to live in the life of the cave. So he, he takes him to a Moabite king, and he asks the king, hey, will you... You look out for my parents, and while he's in Moabite, uh, they, they said a, a prophet from Gath comes to David, and he says to David, you shall no longer stay in the stronghold, but go to Judah, 
And I want to encourage you this today, that God is not calling us on his word to hide in this cave for long. We've escaped here together, broken warriors. But the healing that God wants to do, we've escaped to this hospital together, and the great physician is operating on us. But God has not called us by his word to be in this place forever. I want you to look at your pain for a second. I want you to look at your sickness for a second. I want you to look at your fear for a second and say, I admit that you're there. But I shall see you no longer. God called David through a man of God, through a priest. You're going to go to Judah. What does Judah mean? Judah meant praise. You're going to leave the stronghold of shelter, and you're going to go to the town of praise. You're going to go to the city of praise. And then the Bible says that he went to the, the forest of hearth. The forest meant the wilderness. In the forest, it was a place of unfruitfulness because in a forest, you cannot plant new seeds. In a forest, there's too many trees to plant crops that will sustain life. In the forest, all you can do is hide. He said, I want you to go to praise in the place of wilderness in the forest of hearth. Now, I want to tell you what the word hearth means. I looked it up because I thought that's unique. Why did he go to the forest of hearth? Because everything God sets up is deeper than what you see on the pages. And I looked up the word hearth when God, the man of God sent him out. And the word hearth meant to cut in two. You see, what I see through the life of David is that God had planned the whole thing. God had allowed him to be rejected from his father. Do you know David's own father rejected him? The prophet showed up and said, God has chosen one of your sons, the sons of Jesse. And he pulled all his sons in except for David, left him in the field. <laughs> How hurtful is that? His own father rejected him. His own father said, no, not David. It couldn't be David. And Samuel got through all the sons and said, there's one more. He's not here. Who, who God's anointed. He calls in David. He goes, that's the one. His own brothers reject him. When David shows up on the battlefield to fight Goliath. His brothers see him saying, I can take out this giant. And his brothers don't cheer him on. They reject him and say, what are you doing here? You trying to, you trying to look like a big shot or something? What, do you, what do, you, do you think you can take on this giant? His own family rejects him. And then, then, then because he defeated Goliath, he got to live in the king's palace. His own king is rejecting him, throwing spears at him as he's leading worship in the palace. He's given the hand of the king's daughter. His own wife rejects him. Remember when David brings the Ark of the Covenant, he's dancing before the Lord and his clothes fall off and his own wife starts mocking him in front of everybody. David's own sons will reject him one day. It was his son that tried to take the throne. You see, you see, I found something in the life of, of people that have greatness on them. There's a special tool that the enemy tries to use to destroy you. It's, it's when people leave you and reject you and don't see you. But can I tell you this? God is, is not absent from the picture that he is the great physician. They thought they were rejecting you, but God is using them as a pawn in his hand to cut out all that is not of him in your life. So the prophet says, David, you can't stay in the stronghold anymore. You got to go to Judah. You know where Judah was? Where Saul lived? Go back to where your enemies are trying to kill you. Go back to the place you ran from. Go back to there. We escaped from there. Go back 
to where you failed just last night. Go back to where you barely got away. And here's how I want you to go back. I want you to go back with praise. I want you to go back with worship. I want you to go back to the very place that should have. I want you to go back and I want you to get in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, see, here's what the prophet of God was trying to tell David. David, it's not the cave that's protecting you. See, David had to determine in his mind, do I depend on natural things to protect me? Or did God develop the cave for me to hide in? And the same God that put the cave there to protect me and bring my family to me is going to be the same God to protect me out in the open of the wilderness in the presence of my enemies. David had to determine in his mind right there, do I lean on God's word or my eyes? God was cutting out the Saul because you know what Saul had a problem because God even gave a promise to Saul he said Saul anything you touch with your hands I'll bless but Saul didn't believe God's word he believed fact over truth he believed what he saw and what he saw is insecurity what he saw is fear even when they went to anoint Saul as king they found him hiding amongst the baggage or another version would say hiding amongst the weapons He was in a place with weapons, but hiding. He had the power to transform anything he touched with his hand because God had chosen him. But he needed man's approval to do what he was called to do. God was cutting man's approval out of David. Each piece, knit by knit, piece by piece, he was cutting their their dysfunction their dislike, their hurt, their abuse. See, God wants to cut out the pain from the memory. I was just talking to my wife the other day. I was saying, man, I've felt like I've been rejected my whole life. How crazy is this? Just looking back, and I'm not not saying that for you to feel sorry for me. I'm I'm okay. But I realized that God was cutting out of me the need for the approval of others. Because I had such a greater approval over my life. And in order to lead, I cannot lead through your eyes looking at me. I have to lead through his eyes in what they see in my life. You say, why have I never fit? Because those that fit don't seek. David kept seeking. And I love this point where it all culminated into this moment where even his own mighty men, these are the same dudes that he goes, man, I'm thirsty. And they break through, three of them, through an army of 3,000 men to get him a cup of water. These are these dudes. One dude could take out 800 men with a sword. I mean, these are, these are some of them could throw a, throw a stone with their left hand and their right hand. They, some, of, some of them, they said their faces looked like lions. They were as fast as gazelle. These were bad dudes that David had brought into the hospital, and he had become their leader. He healed them. He saw their lives transformed. He, he saw them at their worst and stood with them at their best. And they come back to the city that they finally have, the families that they've finally seen happen because of David. And they're ready to kill him because they've lost everything. Whenever you lose stuff, you always look for someone to blame. It's always the leader. You love me today, but if you hate me tomorrow, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. And David had to make a last choice. Have you ever had someone that should have loved you turn on you? Have you ever had someone that you've believed in when no one else believed in 
and they were the ones that were ready to stone you and you had lost stuff too here's David broken man he lost his wives too his son, and look, these, these guys are Malachites that came to steal their families away and burn their gates. They weren't messing around. This was not like uh, Pokemon. Uh, this, is not, this is not for play. This is for keeps. They, they would boil a baby alive. They would cut the throat of your wife. They burned their city down to the ground. And here's David broken with nothing left, and his own friends are turning on him. And I love this moment because the wilderness the cutting in two had cut the saw off of David, cut the approval of man off of David. And he said, I don't need your opinion to walk in the destiny that God's given me. And the Bible said, look, look, if you're waiting for someone else to encourage you, leader, you have a power inside of you to encourage yourself in the Lord. You may be broken. You may be hurting, but I dare you today to do what David did and say, God, this must be my final exam. I encourage myself. I ain't waiting for anybody else to come because they're not coming. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. And then he asked the priest, what is God saying? And the priest came and he said this. Here's what God says. You shall surely not fail and you will recover all. What was everybody else saying? You're a failure, you're a loser, you've messed up, we should kill you, and they were distressing David. The facts were in, everything has gone wrong. But the word of God shot through the darkness and said, God couldn't be more with you right now than he's ever been with you. He was with you in the cave, he was with you in the wilderness, and he's with you when they're at your gates to attack you. I dare you right now to rise out of that hospital bed and say, I'm pulling out the feeding tubes of others feeding me. I'm pulling out, I'm pulling out all the things that others are adding to my life. And I'm saying, God, today I need to encourage myself in the Lord. And I'm standing with truth. God, you've spoken truth over my life. You have called me. You never leave me, you never forsake me. And I came to tell you something today. You shall recover all. Not some, not part. All of the things that fear is stolen. All of your passion. All of the truth over your life. All of your fire. All of your, your, your compassion. All of your health. You shall recover all. You say, what are you doing? I'm preaching you out of this storm. I'm speaking to you words. I'm trying to unlock you. And some of you sit like this. That's fine. The room's open. Either you stick the key in the door and open it, or you can sleep outside. But God has prepared a room for you, and it's nice, and it's comfortable. He's even got a breakfast in the morning. But you have to get out of your hospital bed. You have to get out of why they put you in here. Did you come to get healed, or did you come to stay in the bed? I came that I would be a part of the team going out. God, heal me. Change me. Cut out what you need to cut out. Transform what you need to transform. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.